blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Yes. And you know what? Before we go any further, let's stop and let's have a word of prayer. You know we have somebody following in our parking lot. Let's pray for her right now, shall we? Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. We ask you to take charge. Reach out and touch our sister who fell, Lord God. Let her know she's loved and let her know she's prayed for. And please, Lord, let her recover quickly. And as those doctors work on her, Lord God, give them wisdom. Because they'll know how to treat her, work on her sister. Be a her family, her friends, her loved ones, and church quickly, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that you be with all those who are around, Lord, that there will be no, no hard hearts, there will be no hurt hearts, and there will be no hard guilt. Because what happened there was of the devil. And I ask you, Father God, to Thank you so much for that. Well, good morning. It is so good to see each and every one of you. It is going to be a wonderful day here at Love Sandy Baptist Church. If you're visiting with us, we want to ask you to take the time to fill up a little visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place it off and place it on the ground so we can have a record of your visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well and ask you to consider being right here in the sanctuary with us and experience what God is doing at Love Sandy Baptist Church. Speaking of what God is doing, let me share with you a little bit about what Today, today after services, four o'clock, excuse me, four thirty, we will have a kapata practice in the choir room. At six o'clock, we will have a very special evening service. This special evening service is going to start right here in the sanctuary. We'll have a short devotion. We'll go back there to the fellowship hall, and we're going to have uh, our Operation Christmas Child costume party. You say, what is a costume party? I'm so glad you asked. Amen. So what that is, is where we get together and we're going to pack these shoeboxes. These shoeboxes right here. Now, these ones are already filled up, but we're going to have about 450 of them inside the fellowship hall. And we're going to get together as a church and we're going to pack them. And we're going to pray over them. And we're going to ask God to bless them and use them as an open door to bring the gospel to the lost children of the world, to those that are less fortunate than us and those that need a dose of God's love. And so... Uh, what we're going to do is provide those for those missionaries and for those ministers and those preachers to bring the gospel to those lost, dying, and hurting families in the world. So please consider coming and being a part of that. Help us pack those boxes. We're going to pack till about 9 o'clock, I was told, unless we get done sooner. And the more people that are here, the quicker we'll get done. There's going to be all kinds of refreshments. Now, there's going to be finger food style refreshments and dessert style. Uh, so if you're in the mind to bake something or bring something, we want you to come and bring it for us. And I'm going to help you with it. Amen? <laughs> so, please, prayerfully consider being a part of that. We need your cookies. We need your cake. We need your hot chocolate, things like that. There will be music going on back there. Uh, and, of course, the short devotion being sent to us, followed by instructions. And we'll get started in that. We'll also conclude our services right here with a special prayer. So that's tonight's services. Operation Christmas Child Packing Party. Come and be a part of it. I remember a few weeks ago, we gathered together and we took that picture. Those pictures are going in the boxes as well. So we are looking for people to help us pack those, pray for those, and we'll get together as a church and pray over them one more time this evening. So it's going to be a great service. And Monday night, church 630, uh, the Way of the Master, or 6 o'clock, the Way of the Master will have a final service, 6 to 730, we'll to about 745 tomorrow night. So pray for us during that. It's been a wonderful time, the Way of the Master. We have gone out, we have put to practice what we've been learning. We've been door to door. We've been out doing all kinds of things. And so it's nice to see our graduates as they graduate from that class. We have a master baking training course. They are already continuing going on. Uh, and so be in prayer for those that are leading outreach groups right now and leading those 
how to go out and do some more evangelism and to speak to folks off the coast. And stand the next opportunity to have is going to be the quick seminar march coming up. So prayerfully consider being a part of that outreach as well and get involved with it. I'm standing youth with the dose. So please, please pray for us in that. All right. With that being said, our turkey outreach needs a little bit of help in that. So please prayerfully consider being a part of that. I know uh, today was our scheduled last day for that, but we're going to extend that to Wednesday the 15th. We would prayerfully consider donating to that. We need all kinds of items. We need stuffing, we need cranberry sauce, we need green beans, we need corn, we need dry peas. We need everything to go a part of that. So prayerfully consider being a part of that. If you look outside the foyer, you'll find our box designated for our Thanksgiving turkey outreach. You can drop your donation off right there, or you can give monetarily, and you can write it on your check in the memo for the turkey outreach, and we'll get where it needs to go. Also, I've been asked to share an announcement from our kids' church. I uh, want you all to know that they are providing the cake and the ice cream for that. And so this is exactly what they're saying. They're calling all kids. We want you to be a part of the Thanksgiving basket here. Put together the blessed families who would otherwise not be able to afford a Thanksgiving meal this year. Between now and November 15th, you can bring a box of your favorite cake mix or coffee or both. And dessert to the Thanksgiving basket. So also they are uh, still constantly working on the Bethlehem Express Children's Christmas Tapata. And so that's going to be a blessing. That's going to be happening uh, in December. So carefully consider helping out and being a part of that. All right. Um, let's see what else is happening this year. Don't forget our Lady Bible Study Tuesday at 9.30. And, of course, Tuesday at 6.30. Don't forget our Wednesday night services at 6.30 right here in Sanctuary. And don't forget our Thursday night men's Bible Study at 6.30 as well. Okay. So I think that's going to be it for... Yes, ma'am. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sister Esther. So. After we conclude our announcement, I'm going to tell you, if you have been a part of our Operation Christmas Child uh, fundraising dinner, then we want to thank you as well. And as you just got the report from Sister Esther on that, six hundred and Thank God it wasn't 666. Amen. Amen. Sounds about five. If you're one of those people to go shopping and you get your price tag of $6.66, if you're like me, you will put that extra sucker on on. Right there, not today, Satan. Amen. <laughs> All right. So thank you for that. Thank you for prayerfully being a part of that, and thank you for your blessing of that as well. All right. I want to remind you, if you're on the ministry team, we'll have a meeting next Sunday at 4 p.m. So start getting ready for that. Also, to remind you that the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, which will be November 22nd, we will not have services. We would love to have any tradition to cancel those Wednesday evening services to allow for families to cook and to get ready for the Thanksgiving meal. Also, there's something special coming up November 29th. We have been asked to participate in the Ministerial Alliance uh, Feast of Sharing for the First Baptist Church Hall Show this year. It's going to be at 6 p.m. And so we are going to have a Wednesday night services there instead of here. So carefully consider being a part of that as well. You'll hear from several wonderful speakers and you'll get to be a part of a Thanksgiving meal for Baptist Church. Conference code. It should be over around 7.30 or so. 
that will be the 29th. Yes, ma'am. So I want you to prayerfully consider being a part of that as well. Free of charge and no RCP needed. Just need to show up there and be a part of that. Like I said, we'll have three preachers. And so it'll be a neat, neat, neat time. Each message will be about 10 to 12 minutes. So wonderful time for you now. All right. Uh, with that being said, uh, coming up November 11th, that's close to the end today, this Saturday, we will be going at the church. Well, thank you, that church. If you're interested in going with us, you can do this. No tickets required to a free concert in Gerald, Texas. We'll be watching a new and upcoming Christian concert there as they are going around the state of Texas to my free concert. The church there is hosting it. They've asked us to come and be a part of that. They just left us last week by coming and being part of our first Sunday singing. And we'd like to return the favor and bless them by being a part of their free concert. So if you're interested in that, you can get with me and Betsy, or you can get with some others. We'll call for from here and leave out. So that's going to be, I think, from 6 to 7.30 as well. So it's about an hour and 20 minutes drive. There, so just a little bit of a drive. So you can call for me as well. That's me. It's going to be in my car. So I'll leave one more. If you're interested in that, you're welcome to be a part of that. All right. With that being said, if there's any other announcements I may have forgotten, I see one there sitting with us.
please find your way back to your seats. We have a short Operation Christmas Child video we'd love for you to see. Hey guys, I'm Brogan Hall, and I'm here at the Shoebox Processing Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, talking to some folks about Operation Christmas Child. So, oh, yep, go, oh, I got so good. Thank you. I'm Brogan. I'm Katie. Nice to meet you guys. So, are you guys doing second or? We are. Is it pretty long or? Well, right now the line's short, but in the morning it's about 600 people all at once. And Katie says hi to every one of them. Seriously? Yeah. Nice.
It's so good to see each and every one of you this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And as we're letting the children's church go out, would you turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians? 1 Thessalonians. <laughs> I can already see some of you saying, Please be chapter 4. Please be chapter 4. <laughs> Not chapter 2. say things like, are you born again? Right? And if you're not a Christian, you might say, what are you talking about? We say things like, are you washed in the blood? And people will say, what are you talking about if you're not a Christian? In fact, we started asking people, are you saved? And non-Christians will be the first to say, I don't know what you're talking about. How about this one? Are you led by the Spirit? Are you led by the Spirit? In fact, I love Christians because we have a whole wonderful list of wonderful ways to say no. Christians do. Uh, yeah, we do. We have a great way of saying no. We don't like to come out and say no because we are temperate people. So we don't just say, no, I ain't going there. No, I don't want to do that. I had other plans. No, we say things like, I'll have to pray about that. What does that mean? <laughs> we say things like, I'm not being led that way. And we want to sound spiritual, don't we? I'm just not in that season. You ever heard that one before? I'm in a different season than you are. We're in this season that's not working out for us. What does that mean? How about this one? It's not God's timing. Well, well, thank you for being the one who interprets God's timing. I've been doing this for 30 years, man. Who do you think you are? It's not God's timing. I'm glad you know now. Enlighten the rest of us. How about this one? I don't have peace about that right now. You don't have peace about anything. 
you better have peace where you get up and go to Walmart nowadays. Amen. How about this one? I don't think it's God's will. Or, personal favorite one, it's a closed door. And, to fit into the sermon this morning, my absolute all-time personal favorite, because this one is extremely scriptural, very scriptural, and very applicable to Christianity. And it's not like the others. It's actually in the Bible. And it's not made to show your superiority or your intended to reflect your relationship with God in some spiritual way. No. I'm just simply talking about your job. Your job. That's another Christian lingo word that we use. How do you walk with God? Are you walking with God? That's all over the Bible. So look with me, please, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, let's read verses 10 through 12. The Bible says, Ye are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behave ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God, who calls you to his own kingdom and glory. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we listen to your word this morning. Speak to us. Teach us. Touch us with your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father God, that as we ask you to have your way in our lives and in our hearts, Lord, maybe anyone who needs to come to know the direct Savior today, anyone, Lord God, who needs to get their walk with you, fix the direct Savior off of you. I want to bless you. I want to praise you. I ask you to take charge of the master. In Jesus' name we pray. So what comes to mind when you think of a walk? Comes to mind when you think of a walk. I already gave you my kind of idea. Betsy and I like to walk up and down the street in front of our house. If you've been to my house, you know that my neighborhood is rather drab. It's boring. There's not much to see. What we like to do most of all is look and see how the houses change because we have a high turnover rate in our neighborhood. I know you do as well. If you're in Compton's Cove, it seems like a family moves in and three months later they're moving out. And a new family's coming in, and you try to meet them, and they're like a lot of people nowadays who say, we don't want to talk to you. We don't want to talk to, to, to anybody that's more than 18 feet from us. So what comes to mind when you think of a walk? Perhaps this is what you think of a walk might be. Isn't that beautiful? That is not Texas, though. It's Tennessee. I don't know where that's at, but it's not in Texas. I think that's in Germany. I think that's in Germany. Isn't that a beautiful walk? Some of us like to say when we're walking with God, it might be all roses and, and tulips and beautiful flowers like that. Everything's just beautiful. Well, that's not necessarily true, is it? This might be the walk. If you're a man, this might be the walk that you might pick up. The kind of walk you enjoy out in the woods, headed to the, if you're a fisherman, you're headed to the pond, amen? That's me thinking, you're like, bass have got to be in that water when I get there. I, I got one amen on that. Only one fisherman in all these guys. I'm going to have to do something with y'all. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. Sometimes when we think of Christian walking like that, we like to think of it as being woody. We like to think of it as being secluded. We like to think of it as being alone time. And perhaps your Christian walk might be secluded like this. Yeah. I don't know about you, but you know what comes to my mind when I see that? Indiana Jones, right? No. I don't want to walk on that. I am terrified of heights. That's why God made me five foot six. 
But here's the walk that most of us are on. Right. And I want to line up outside that walk to order my double quarter pounder. And no peace. God bless you. Here's the walk that most of us are on. And that's what most of us exactly want from God. Give you something. Give you something. Fix something. Change something. Make it for me. And the Bible tells us in the grand first Thessalonians chapter 2 that we should walk where it is. We should walk worthy. You need to become somebody who's worthy on that walk. And let me tell you something. It really doesn't matter what your walk looks like. Some walks are flowery. Some walks are woodly. Some walks are treacherous and up on the mountains. And some are in the middle of the city. It really doesn't matter where your walk is. What matters is whether you walk it worthy or not. Am I preaching to you this morning or am I just talking to myself? Because that's what the Bible has told us in First Thessalonians chapter 2. We need to walk worthy. In fact, that's Paul's prayer. That's Paul's desire. I want you to walk worthy. So that gives us the question this morning is what is a worthy walk? There's a hundred different definitions in modern day Christianity of what the worthy walk. Some worthy walk definitions are, and I'm going to give it to you right out of my head now, you won't find these online. I'll find these through experience of speaking with other pastors where you did your best. Is that a worthy walk? In fact, it's got nothing to do with you, period, does it? We often think, well, I did what I could. I did what I wanted to do. God understands. Or God will change it for me. And we think that's a worthy walk. But let's look again in our scripture this morning. And let's look again in verse 10 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul is speaking to the church and he says, You are witnesses. You have seen how we live, how we behave, how we acted. Listen to what he says here in verse 10. And God also, in other words, God is my witness. How devoutly, how justly, and I underlined those for you here this morning, how devoutly, how justly, and how blamelessly we behave ourselves among you who believe. Now, if we've got some time this morning, we're going to go into verse 11 as well. But I don't think we will. Listen to what he says here. You know how we exhorted and comforted and charged. You want to walk worthy, then you've got to start understanding how to do that as a Christian. You've got to be devout. And to be devout means you have to be, guess what, devoted. And we are missing that in modern Christianity. The only thing we're devoted to is that double bacon cheeseburger. We need to become devoted to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Paul says, not only you saw it, not only God sees it, you are a witness that we're devoted to God. And we're just. Blame And I exhort you, and I comforted you, and I charged you to walk worthy. To walk worthy. We need to begin then, as Paul pointed out, to have that worthy walk. We need to begin being to have some devotion in our Christian walk. Now, to be devoted to God. Can I ask you a question this morning? Are you devoted? You know, most of our devotion ends when times get tough. Most of our devotion ends when sin comes in our way. And we say, I'd rather have sin than God Almighty. I'd rather have alcohol than the Holy Spirit. I'd rather have gratification in my flesh than justification in the Spirit. We need a good old-fashioned 
baptism of devotion. When's the last time you've been devoted to God? Let me ask you a question. Don't answer out loud. But when's the last time you've been devoted? If you're online this morning and you're watching in, let me ask you that question. When have you been devoted to God? When's the last time you've been devoted enough to get up off the couch and get yourself back into church? When's the last time you said, well, I don't want to be in church. I don't want to be around those people. I want to have God my way, made my way, given it the way I want it, and that's my devotion. Wrong. Let me tell you something. If you're going to walk worthy, you've got to start being devoted to the God of the Bible. And the God of the Bible tells us we need to be in church. That's the problem that we have there in modern-day Christianity. We think church should be anywhere. We think church could be a trip to Walmart. We think church could be a Monopoly game. Wrong. Church is a worship service of God Almighty where we get together and exhort and we get together and edify one another. What we call in His name. Remember what the Bible tells us? Two or three are gathered in His name there. He is with us. And if you're devoted to Him, then wherever He is, you're going to start worshiping Him. You ever notice when two Christians get together, they start praising I loved it. You know what? I'm going to share with you a true story. started working for the city of Cup Club a couple of years ago, and I had a good time with him. Got into the truck with another guy. He had Christian music on the radio. That was unusual. Usually, got in the truck, and I listened to some sad country song about how my wife left me, how I caused my own problems, and how somebody needs to come fix it. Some horrible song about that. But I got in there, and it was a song about blessed be the name of the Lord. And I asked, what you do listen to Christian music? He said, I sure do. I said, are you a Christian? He said, I sure am. I began singing the song. We began singing together. And by the time we arrived, everybody in the truck was looking at us like we were weird. The only two Christians were in there praising God together. Why? Because we were devoted to God. And you need to get devoted. If you're going to walk worthy, start having some devotion in your life. And let me tell you how to do that. Number one, quickly now. If you're going to be devoted in your walk, you need to start being in God's Word. Somebody say amen this morning. Number two, you need to find yourself a fellowship and get involved in it. Number three, you need to get yourself into prayer. Because if you're not communing with God, you're missing out on what God is saying. You need to be devoted. To walk worthy, we need to begin with devotion. It should go without saying that you cannot go with God and stay the same way you are. We think, however, that we can make God understand the way we are. Wrong. God already knows everything about you. My Bible says He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought of your heart. He knows everything about you, and He still is commanding you to repent. Now, it should go without saying, you can't go with God and stay the same way you are. But let's look and see what the Bible says. Look with me in Amos 3, verse 3. Incidentally, a lot of people have asked me over the last couple of weeks, Pastor, this war in Israel. What's happening there? Are we in end time? Where are we? Let me tell you something. Don't worry about end time. You worry about what you're doing right now. You worry about being faithful. You worry about being devoted. You worry about walking worthy. And when He comes, you just wonder if you're going to hear, well done, now good and faithful servant. That's all that matters. Amen? You worry about hearing that. And if you hear that, then there ain't nothing in this world ever going to take your joy away. Because... However, if you want to find out a little bit more, you know, I recommend you read Amos 3. I recommend you read the prophets there and you find out what they say about Gaza. You find out what's happening. You read Psalm 83. You read Psalm 80. You find out what's happening there. Let me tell you something else. While I'm on this soapbox for a second, you know Jesus told us? He said, hey, no last days. It's going to be a lot like Noah. Just like it was in the days of Noah. They're going to be married. They're going to be given in marriage. 
And oftentimes, we as a Baptist church, we, we're guilty of this. We want to focus in on the marriage part. We would say, what's about homosexuality? And that's here, isn't it? Somebody say amen. Our immorality, that's here, isn't it? Somebody say amen. But you've got to understand the picture of what Jesus is talking about there. What he's really saying and what he's getting at. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. So don't get mad at me too much. Now. I'm going to go out on a limb. What he's saying is, is things are going to be going all over the world like war in Israel, like the fall of morality in our society. And people are going to sit around saying, whatever. Whatever. It doesn't affect me. They're going to be playing, talking, marrying. Drinking, eating, and act like it does not concern them when really it concerns every one of us. Amen? Let me ask you a question. Are we there in those days right now? We most certainly are. Amos 3.3 tells us, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? You can't go with God and stay the same way you are. So if you're going to walk a worthy walk, you've got to start going with God. And my Bible says in Amos 3.3, you can't walk with God unless you agree with Him. You can't walk in Him unless you agree with Him. We are spending our time trying to get God to agree with us. God is not up in heaven saying, let's make a deal. God has already said, this is the deal when you come to it. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? You can't walk with God until you agree with Him. We're just getting started here. But to walk with God, you've got to agree with God. Look at me in Isaiah 118. Let's talk about that agreeing there. This is the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah. He says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You've got to come to God and reason with Him. Not arguing, not justifying, not saying, God, let me explain. It's coming to God saying, I'm wrong. You're right, and when I do that, you'll take my sins, which are scarlet, and you'll make them white like snow. Somebody bless the Lord this morning. We've got to agree with Him. We've got to start walking with Him. And to do so, we've got to be devoted to Him. You're going to walk worthy, devote yourself to God. You're going to walk with Him, devote your heart to God. Devote your mind to God. Devote your free time to God. Come now, saith the Lord. Let's reason together the last time you tried to reason with God. I know we all have. I used to do it before. I was a Christian. God, get me out of this mess and I'll never do it again. You know what happened? I did it again. Go like this. It's true. You have got to make a devotion in your heart and in your life. If you're going to have a worthy walk, you've got to be devoted. You heard the Apostle Paul. We have got to be devoted. When's the last time you've been devoted? Are you devoted to God right now? Are you devoted to Him? Or are you one of those that says, hey, I'm looking for a church. I'm looking for a place for fun. I'm looking for a place for my kids to hang out at. I'm looking for a daycare. That's not devotion. You know what that is? That is, I'm looking for an attraction. I want you to know that though you'll find neat and fun things at Robert Family Baptist Church, we're not selling attractions. What we're trying to do is get you devoted to the God of the universe, Jesus Christ. That is our goal. That's our focus. That's what we're here to do. We're here to preach to you. We're here to lead you to that relationship so you can be like Amos 3, 3, walking with God, agreeing with Him. And when you agree with Him, Isaiah 118 tells us, let's reason together. Let's talk about it. If you'll come to God and you'll agree with God, you'll find out that God turns our sins into holiness. Look with me again in Matthew 5, 25 to 26, as we look at what the Son of God says. He says, agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with Him. Let your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer, 
and you'll be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you pay the last penny. Do you know what our adversary is? Most people say it's Satan, and it's true. He is our adversary. You know, we got something else in there against us. Something else is contrary to us. And it is the law. And that law says you wrong, you sin, you come against God. In fact, you're in a state of enemy with God, and that fine has got to be paid for. And you're not going to get out until the last penny is paid for, unless you come to God and let Him make your sin from scarlet into white. And you need to have to quickly, or you're on the way with Him. Understand Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let's read them together. Understand Amos 3 and verse 3. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? To walk with God, you have got to agree with God. To have a worthy walk, you need to be devoted. Are you devoted? That's the first thing Paul tells us about a worthy walk. He said we were devout. To be devout is to be devoted. Are you devoted to God this morning? Paul also, though, tells us be just. To be just. Well, what is just? Nowadays, you've got to be careful finding the definition of just. Does just want to throw fairness in? It wants to throw equality in? But typically, just is acting or being in conformity with what is morally upright and good. If you want a worthy walk, you've got to start being a moral Christian. That's right. You've got to start living like you believe. You've got to start living like He actually sees. You've got to start living like He knows. And let me tell you something. He does. You are not alone in that room. You're not alone in that closet. You're not only one seeing what you're watching on this person. Paul tells us, be You want to walk worthy? You've got to be devoted to God, and you've got to start living justly. Justly. Micah 6, verse 8 tells us, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, live morally, to love mercy, and to walk. Guess what? Walk humbly with your God. Do justice. Live in morality. Love mercy. Love it. Not just when it comes to us, but when you give mercy. And walk humbly with our God. Finally, though, the Apostle Paul tells us to be devoted. He says, you've got to be devoted. He says, you've got to be just. You want that worthy walk? Be devoted to God in your walk. Make sure every step is dedicated to Him. We sang a wonderful song earlier. Our choir did. We sang that song, Thy Word. It's a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. That describes somebody who is walking on God's Word, walking on God's promises, and it doesn't matter how dark the world gets, it doesn't matter how dark the times get, it doesn't matter how evil or immoral they get, he's walking on God's Word. And he points out in the song, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, it's a light unto my path. And we've got to start being devoted Christians like that, walking on God's Word, trusting God's Word, living God's Word, preaching God's Word, teaching God's Word, quoting God's Word wherever we go. Devoted. Being just. Being just. 
not just a Sunday morning service, just on Wednesday morning as well. Just on Tuesday morning. Just on Wednesday morning. Just Wednesday night. Just. Paul also said, hey, you need a new brain. How is that possible? There is no one of us can excuse you to say, I'm blameless, baby. You did. You just lied and you're blameless. Blameless. How is that possible? I love the Apostle Paul. He tells us to walk with him. He says, be devoted. He says, don't ever give up in your devotion. Pastor, it's just this morning you said that. I walked away from God. I got mad at the preacher that he said something wrong. He upset me. But he preached against something I was doing. Thank God for a preacher like this. He said what I was doing was wrong. Well, hello. How can two walk together unless they do what? Agree. Pastor said the same. Oh, Pastor. I was upset. I want to know Paul is referring to devotion. Devotion means don't ever give up. You came to church for friendship. You're here for the wrong reason. You need to be here for Jesus Christ. That's the only reason why you're here. Everything else falls into place. When you keep the number one focus, Jesus, everything else falls into place. When Jesus is not number one, everything else falls apart. Stay in your Christianity. Stay in your Christian walk. Listen to Paul. He says, be devoted. Don't ever give up. He says, be just. As a Christian, you are morally chargeable to God. You know that, Christian? We often think of that. Well, God doesn't care what I do now that I'm a Christian. Wrong. You are absolutely wrong. Well, I'm once saved, always saved, so I'll just keep on sinning. Let me tell you, if you can do it like that, you're not really saved. You never really have been. If you can tread on the feet of the precious blood of the Son of God, you've got a major problem. If you can look at your sacrifice like you were unholy, unworthy, or just because I deserve it, you've got a major problem. Don't ever give up. That means you need to be just. Christian, you need to keep God's morality. As a Christian, you can't be. Listen to me, you can't be. One of those Christians who goes around saying, hey, I can cuss like a sailor on Saturday night and pray like a saint Sunday morning. A wise preacher once told me, he said, Pastor, if I could get you some of my martini, I would. He said, if I could put on there, don't pray our Father on Sunday morning and act like an orphan the other day. You have got to be just. You've got to stay in your morals and your convictions. But that's not where Paul stops at. He says, be humble. How is that possible? You should definitely be getting used to the Apostle Paul by now. I love him. He loves emphasis. He loves to be emphatic. He loves to be descriptive. The guy has a command of the Greek language. And he tells us, Walk worthy. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Walk worthy. And he's just a little bit emphatic in his personality. I love the Apostle Paul. I like to think of him as being about five foot six. <laughs> With a really big voice. Probably not, though. But he's very emphatic.
fortresses. Apostle Paul writing a thank you letter to the church of Philippi. He says, No, I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, I'm a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law. Help me out here, what did you say? Blameless. Blameless. How do we feel? Blameless. You understand that? Well, I'm not blessed. You want to say, Pastor, I've messed up in the past. Welcome to the club. Get yourself 
to where they are every day, every minute, every hour, every second. He is God. Run. Run, he says. Hebrews 12, 1 tells us, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let me give you the picture of the word picture here. We don't truly know who wrote the book of Hebrews. I think it was Apostle Paul. Um, that's my opinion. I'm going to leave that there. However, the author says, let's lay aside every weight. you got to get the word picture. This is a runner who's running. And as he's running, he's getting a hold of ropes and strings. And these strings are tied to weights. And these weights are now dragging behind them and dragging behind them and slowing them down and slowing them down. And the author of Hebrews says, Let's lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You quit walking and you start running. And while you're running, stay out of sin, stay out of those snares, and get yourself devoted and just with God. Amen. Last but not least, Paul's emphatic. Paul says, I'm going to just walk, baby. I run. You ever met that guy? Or you just met him, Pastor Jack? I like to go everywhere. However, I cannot keep up with my walk, wife walking with me. It's impossible, especially when we're in Walmart. She will get a whole aisle in front of me so she can notice I'm gone. <laughs> she has to turn around and she say, lay aside the weight that's slowing you down. You know what's weighing me down? Everything I'm looking at. I didn't know they had anything like that. Betsy's you've got one goal to get in and get out. Me, I get in there and like, look at this, look at this, look at all the nights before us. She's like, no, no, I was home for dinner because this was that. I'm like, take it easy. She's like, no, hurry up right now. <laughs> Betsy's more Paul like than I am. Right? Last but not least, look at me in Genesis 5, 21, 24. Let's look at another walk. Another walk. I love this. Genesis 5, 21, 24. Some of you know this guy quite well. His name is Enoch. Enoch lived 65 years. I forgot the picture. I love Enoch. Enoch lives in the world. Enoch is a father. He's married. He has children. Look at verse 23. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. 300 years. That's devotion. Somebody say amen. That is just. Somebody say amen. That's blameless. Somebody say amen. 300 years. And we complain about 30 minutes. The Bible tells us he had sons and daughters. Look at me in verse 22. Let me tell you something about it. You know why? I'm trying to get this. Now, guys, I'm not quite so important. My preacher has a story. I have time to go with it. My preacher has a story. His other sons and daughters are not quite as important. All the days of Enoch were 365 years. In verse 24, Enoch walked with God. He was not the righteous. So we get the picture. This walk, this worthy walk. Enoch is walking with God 300 years. It's a long walk. 300 years. Imagine how many times you have to walk around your block in 300 years. 
Imagine how many times you can walk in and out of Walmart for 300 years. Imagine where you could go. Enoch walked with God 300 years. And as he walked, and as he walked, perhaps he turned the next step in the wrong direction. He was getting cold. The winds began to blow. You already know the world around Enoch wasn't quite what it should be. But he did work. wonder if Enoch, whose grandson, great-great-grandson, would have walked up to Adam and said, what was it like to be in the garden? To hear him, to know his voice. I imagine how Adam would have told Enoch. Oh, Enoch. However, all we know is Enoch walked. God said, perhaps that one day, after 300 years, Perhaps God looked down at Enoch and said, You're closer to my house than you are. Are you ready to come? Are you ready to come? You can just stay the night with me. You can just stay with me. Look at me in verse 24. And Enoch walked with God and was not. For God took him. Have you walked with God this morning? You have to say, Pastor, I started to walk, but I walked away. Would you be willing to come back this morning? Perhaps say, Brother Joshua. I am a Christian, but I am not right with God. Would you be willing to come and rededicate this morning? Pastor, say, Pastor, I am not a Christian, and I need to be with God because I know He's coming back soon, and I know He's going to save you away from me. I don't know you. You have to stay in a relationship. You've got to walk with Him. You've got to know Him. You've got to agree with Him. Pastor, say, Pastor, I am a Christian. My walk with God is right. My walk with charge right now, Lord, through your spirit. Is there anyone who needs to know your personal Lord and Savior? Is there anyone who needs to get their heart right with you? Would you let today be the day, Lord, and they step back on the path of life with you? They'll walk back with you and have a worthy walk with you. I pray, Lord, for those in this sanctuary, Lord, who do not know you. Would you let today be the day to open their hearts, surrender, Lord, to you, and come to know you. You come in your spirit. I want to thank you, praise you, and give you all the glory. Come as we sing. Would you come? Where do you want?
don't forget, today at 4.30, out of practice in the fire room. Don't forget, Operation Christmas Child Packing Party starting here in the sanctuary and moving into the fellowship hall tonight. Some of you are part of that. Don't forget, uh, Turkey Outreach still needs your help. So sir, if you consider being a part of that. In the meantime, let's close in that word of prayer and we'll see you guys hopefully this evening. What a great night. Would you close with this prayer, kind of thing?